this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining me today for episode 25. First off, I have a winner to announce from last episode's drawing. Everyone who left a comment under the show notes of episode 24 was entered to win a skein of the Fleece Artist Sock Yarn in the Aurora colorway from One Planet Yarn and Fiber. Remember that this was the colorway that was featured in episode 24's story of the perfect socks. So I randomly selected one of your comments, and the winning commenter is Debbie, spelled D-E-B-B-Y. Congratulations, Debbie. Debbie, when you hear this, please get in touch with me so I can get your mailing address, and I can get this prize sent out to you right away. Thanks to everybody who entered the drawing, and to those of you who didn't win, remember, you still have until October 15th to get 10% off all purchases through One Planet Yarn. Just be sure to enter in the special code NNK in the checkout process. Okay then, let's get on to the show. I must say, I felt pretty productive over the past few weeks because I have finished two of the three projects I mentioned in episode 24. I always end up knitting more this time of year. I love the fall when the weather cools down and all of your favorite TV series start up again. It's just a great knitting time all around, and I've been spending a lot of time in the evenings knitting. The first project I finished was my second Molly hat. Remember Molly is the beret pattern that I just recently designed. This version I just completed is for me. And I made this one in a solid color this time, instead of the stripes. And I really like it. I used the same yarn again that I used for my daughter's version, the Artisano 4-Ply Alpaca. And for my hat, I used this really pretty heathered green color called Fern. I like this yarn. I'm not usually a huge fan of 100% alpaca, but I really like the slightly fuzzy texture and how much it softens and smooths in the wash. Isn't it amazing what washing a project can do? Also, this yarn is pretty cost-effective too. It's only $6.50 for 200 yards, and that's not even including the 10% discount. It would only take one skein if you wanted to make the children's versions, but for my hat, which was a size large, it took a little bit more than one skein. I have an option in the pattern for a slouchier version for the hat, but I just made the regular version for myself. It was definitely slouchy enough for my head size. Also, just yesterday, I cast off on my Gale shawl. That's the one I was making out of the sea silk. And that shawl went really pretty fast. Towards the end of the project, I was getting really used to the stitch pattern, and it was really fun. It's nice when I could just glance at the next row and see what I was doing and proceed to knit, which is a lot more fun than having to read the chart stitch by stitch. But by the time the pattern got really fun and I got completely 
used to it and comfortable with it, it ended. So that was kind of sad. So I guess that means I'll just have to make another one sometime. I'm not completely sure how the shawl is going to look yet since I still haven't blocked it. It's a little scrunchy and crumply at the moment, but I'm sure that it'll look really nice when the pattern is stretched out a bit. I'll be posting pictures of the finished shawl within the next couple of days if you'd like to check it out. My sad report for the day is that I haven't knit much more on Elijah, the knitted elephant I was making. He's sadly still lacking one ear and two arms. But now that I've finished Gale, he's next up on the list, and I'm sure I can finish him up within just a few evenings. My daughter has been asking about him relentlessly, so I really need to get on that. And then once Elijah is all done, I'll finally be able to get back to my sweater project I started a few weeks ago. Now this is a sweater that I haven't mentioned on the podcast yet, but yes, a couple of weeks ago, I started the Vine Yoke Cardigan from the current issue of Twist Collective. And I have to tell you, I love this sweater. It's really unique because it's actually knit from side to side versus from top to bottom or bottom to top. You actually start at one button band and knit to the other button band, which is really interesting construction and I've never knit a sweater in this style before. So you understand that I just had to see how this thing works. I still have absolutely no clue how the sleeves are constructed, but I cannot wait to find out. So the yarn I got to make this sweater is Malabrigo Worsted in the color Polar Morn. It's this cool bluish gray color with hints of lavender. It's really pretty and definitely a color I don't normally pick for myself. I figure that I have to step out of the box at least sometimes, right? When the yarn first arrived, I was so excited that I immediately cast on and had to knit a few inches. And it is really fun to knit. The main part of the sweater is in garter stitch with a pattern section on the neckline and bottom border. So just enough to keep your interest without being too tedious. Also, the entire garment is shaped with short rows, so it's fascinating to me to see how it's forming. I'm really looking forward to getting back to this project. I haven't touched it in weeks in order to finish my other things, but pretty soon now, we will get to spend some good quality knitting time together. I'll keep you informed of my progress. This week, instead of doing my typical product reviews segment, I thought that instead I would share with you some of the new patterns that I've recently discovered online. There are so many new knitwear designs coming out all of the time, it seems. Really nice things from super talented designers. There are a lot that I like and just too many to count. But for this episode, I've narrowed it down to my current top four, and these are the ones that I will be talking about. I think that since I've been knitting a hat and a shawl recently, I've kind of just gotten into that mode, 
and can't help but notice and like more hat and shawl patterns. Speaking of shawls, I've noticed that there are so many new shawl patterns. It seems to be quite a trend at the moment. I haven't noticed many large shawls, but kind of little shoulder shawls. It seems a lot of people are knitting them, and they're all really cute. One shawl that has caught my eye recently is called Aeolian, and this is a fairly new pattern. It's from the spring issue of Knitty. Now this one is a true lace shawl, knit in a lace weight yarn, and it's designed by Elizabeth Freeman, who also designed the Laminaria shawl that I mentioned last episode. It's funny because I always look through the current issues of Knitty as soon as they come out. So I am guessing I saw this shawl when it came out, but I just didn't really take notice. It's only been recently when I've seen some beautiful versions on Ravelry and on blogs that I've become completely obsessed. This shawl has this lovely leafy type pattern on the top or the body of the shawl, but the edge is this intricate scalloped pattern. Okay, so I know I'm doing a terrible job describing this and that my description matches pretty much every triangular shawl you've ever seen on Ravelry, but I promise it's truly beautiful and there's something about that edging that is unique. I will definitely be posting a link in the show notes to one of my favorite versions and it's done in this dark brownish purple color. It is so pretty. If I make this, I'd really like to make it in a similar color. I really like the way shawls look made in darker yarns. So the next shawl that I've fallen for is the pattern Damson by Yusulda Teague. This shawl appeals to me for many reasons. First off, it's a solid fabric shawl. It's not lacy. So I think that it's something that can be worn in a more casual setting. Secondly, it's not triangular. It's more of a semicircle shape, which seems like it would fit really nicely around your shoulders and it would be a lot less likely to fall off with wear. Thirdly, the pattern calls for only one skein of Malabrigo sock yarn, and I really like the idea of making non-sock items out of sock yarn. There is such beautiful sock yarn available now, and it's great to be able to use it for things that are not sock related. So this shawl is definitely on my list. It's just a nice plain shawl with a simple scalloped border. The last shawl that I wanted to tell you about is even plainer. And that's the pattern Mara by Madeline Tosh. I'm convinced that this pattern would be the most perfect TV watching project. It's just a simple garter stitch triangular shawl. Great mindless knitting until you get to the pleated border. And that looks rather simple too, but will require at least a little bit of thinking. I don't know what attracts me to this shawl so much, seeing that it is so simple. I think that I just like how it's a nice basic piece. I'm not much of a shawl person, but I've always really liked the idea of having a shawl to take along with you. It would be great to slip over your shoulders when you're going into a cool air-conditioned building, or if you're going to the beach, and it's even great for kids. It's something that you can have as a garment, but can also sort of double as a blanket. A nice basic shawl seems very functional. 
And that's what this pattern is. It's functional with a little bit of style thrown in with the border. And when I was going through all the projects on Ravelry, I really liked how this shawl looks when it's all wrapped around. It looks really cute. I'll post a link to the picture. So those are my three latest shawl obsessions, but there's also a new hat pattern that I've definitely been eyeing. And this is the pattern Laurel by Jared Flood out of his new book Made in Brooklyn. This hat is so definitely my style. It's a beautiful combination of bobbles and cables and it's just gorgeous. It looks like it would be a hat that would be really fun to make. So I am 100% sure that I will be knitting this in the future. The sample in the book is done in a purple color and I am just not a purple person. So I think when I make it, I'd really like to make it in a pretty chocolate brown color or maybe a burnt orange, something really nice for fall. So there are my top four patterns as of today. I'm sure I'll be changing my mind as I see more patterns come out. But these are four patterns that I think are really nice and you should definitely check them out. So in this episode, as always, I have another knitting story to share with you. This one was contributed by a podcast listener, Barbara Kluver, and this is her knitting story, entitled Me and Martha. A number of years ago, I was a new knitter. I taught myself to knit one rainy Sunday afternoon after a trip to the craft store. I returned home armed with a skein of Lion Brand Fun Fur and a how-to book. Between the book, the internet, and the pattern on the Fun Fur label, I completed a scarf that same afternoon. Well, I was off and running. In the next few months, I completed scarf after scarf after scarf with the occasional dishcloth thrown in for good measure. Friends and relatives started to avoid visits to our home because I would foist all my unwanted scarves on them. I finally decided I needed to branch out. The day came when I couldn't stand the idea of making another scarf. I surfed the internet for a free pattern of some sort that I thought I could tackle. Hmm, a sweater? Maybe a vest? What would my new project be? This was about six months after Martha Stewart was released from prison. Do you all remember the news coverage of that event and how nice Martha looked in her skinny jeans, long sleeve top, and the cute poncho she was wearing? And that the poncho had been knitted just for her? Now, I'm not a rabid Martha fan, but darn, she looked great. Well, right after that, there appeared about a zillion patterns on the web for the Martha Stewart coming home poncho. I picked one, it was free of course, and thought, now here's a pattern I can knit. And the pattern called for Lion Brand Homespun, available at the local craft store. Never mind that the estimation of the skill level was listed as intermediate. They're exaggerating, right? After all, I had knit upwards of 50 scarves. How hard could this be? And it was knit with big needles, a size 11 or so, if I'm recalling correctly. No problem. I dutifully waited for the yarn to go on sale and then bought the required number of skeins, which was about six, and gleefully cast on. Check my gauge with a gauge swatch. <laughs> it is to laugh. That would certainly be a waste of my time. 
This poncho was constructed in four quarters, which would then be seamed up at the end. Over the next couple of weeks, I would cast on, knit a couple of rows, and then realize that the pattern was off, or I had way too many stitches on the needles. Now that I look back on it, I realize that this was basically a lace pattern with lots of yarn overs and knit two togethers. As many of you may know already, homespun is a fuzzy yarn and it's easy to add extra stitches where you don't want them, especially for a beginner. So I would rip it all out and start all over again. I did this multiple times. Then finally the lacy pattern began to make sense to me and I was able to progress farther down the piece. Oh, and did I mention that this was also my very first time using circular needles? That was a bit of a learning curve also, but I persevered and became comfortable with them. My sister Anne, also a new knitter, was so impressed that I was knitting this pattern. I wanted to be an example for her, as she hadn't yet progressed beyond the scarf and dishcloth stage either. She was filled with admiration and awe. She too thought the pattern was very cute. She thought I was so brave. We went on vacation to Hawaii for a couple of weeks. I lugged along all the homespun and the partially completed poncho. I continued to work on it. My goodness, it seemed to really eat up that yarn. Luckily, there was a craft store about 30 miles away, and I was able to pick up another couple of skeins. By the time we flew home, the poncho project practically required its own suitcase. I continued to work on the poncho when I could. Finally, all four quarters were done. I laid them out on my family room floor to sew them up. I sewed up seams for what seemed like hours, and finally it was finished. I picked it up and felt the first stirrings of trepidation. This thing was heavy. I mean, really heavy. How comfortable would this be to wear, say, over a long sleeve t-shirt? Well, better try it on. I slipped it over my head and let it go, and it caught around my shoulders in a fetching way, and then proceeded to go down and down and down, and puddled on the floor at my feet. Now, I'm five foot five, a pretty average height for a woman. This wouldn't have been poncho size for anything but maybe a giraffe. I was stunned, and then I began to laugh. Why hadn't I done a gauge swatch? or even held it up to my torso while I was knitting the thing? What was I thinking? I stuffed it up in the closet in our guest room. When my husband came home, I told him that the Martha Stewart coming home poncho was complete, and did he want to see it on me? Of course he did. He had been eyeing the thing with grave suspicion for many months. I put it on, and he said ever so seriously, You are going to take that thing directly out to the trash can, aren't you? I told him no, that my sister needed to see it too. The next time she visited, I dragged the thing out and put it on. She and I laughed and laughed. To this day, all you have to do is say the Martha Stewart coming home poncho to either one of us and we will still giggle. I recently came across Stephanie Pearl McPhee's book at Knit's End. She has a little knitting thought in it that I would like to quote here. Everyone has one, a knitting monstrosity. It is not a surprise to me that everybody has one of those what-was-I-thinking sweaters, because I have several. What is a surprise is how long the knitter must have ignored the writing on the wall. To get a finished monstrosity, hours and hours of patient denial must be put in. It is a knitter's unfailing and remarkable ability to believe, even when something begins to look monstrous, 
and keeps looking that way through all the knitting, that somehow it can overcome anything and it will be beautiful in the end. That is the real surprise. After I read this, I felt better. After all, this was our rock star, the yarn harlot talking. Frugal as I am, I just couldn't face frogging the whole thing. So yes, it eventually was thrown out. I'm proud to say it took up at least half of our very large trash can. Thank you so much, Barbara, for sharing that story. I think that all of us can relate. Many of us have had to learn the importance of swatching the hard way. I will be sure to post a link to Barbara's Ravelry page in this episode's show notes. If you listening have a knitting story that you would like to share on the podcast, please email me. I'd love to check it out. As a reminder, the show notes for this episode can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and you can email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and join me again in a couple of weeks. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Her needles are a-clickin' From morning until she goes to bed She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care Stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she's just knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants, no shirts, no underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters and more socks than they could ever wear. the fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry, it's even in the washer and dryer, that's why she can't do any laundry, I need some clothes, she's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad, her husband mad, I'm filing for she just won't stop her stitching And the neighbors say it's really getting bad She's taking pictures of socks again Oh, poor girl The house is burning up in flames Oh, 911! Her husband says Get up, let's go! But she can't set down her project She says Just let me finish up this row Never not knitting, and it's making her.
her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching. And well, she losing all she had.